I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Bet you didn't think you'd hear from me this soon. I know I said I was taking a whole week off at the beginning of January, but honestly, there is just too much to cover with 2023 and Fringe World. I am doing a Fringe World Blitz, which is starting with today's incredible guests. Since 2021, Basements Productions have been creating shows that are not only safe, inclusive and diverse spaces, but also promote queer alternative burlesque. They've put on eight shows in their first year alone. The co-founders and producers of this venture are an example of yin and yang harmony. One is a citrus delight, bursting with flavour, a shape-shifting performer, a little spicy, a tad sweet, and usually leaves you a sticky mess. The other identifies as a hand-sewing, upcycling, queer, burly sponge, debuting at 41 years old in 2020 during the pandemic. Between them are nationally recognised stages, competitions, and very dirty makeup brushes. Now moving into Fringe 2023 with a brand new show, Morphosis. Basement Productions aims with broad strokes to highlight the colours of the artistic rainbow for Wajak Nungabuja and invites audiences to absorb all the basement has to unveil. And it's these two wonderful people that I have the pleasure of speaking with today as part of our Fringe World Blitz. Welcome Busty Bubbles and Tangerine Scream. How are you both? Excellent. Great. Oh, Great good. Video. Thank you so much for putting up with me as I plotted through the most poorly worded, poorly structured introduction there is on the actual planet. We got there. We got there. No, yeah. I thought it sounded fancy. <laughs> I want to meet these two. Oh, yeah, me as well. Exactly. Which is why we had great segue. So, um, of course, we've got two beautiful people on the podcast today and I would love to start with our original question. Feel free to take it in turns or do whatever feels best for you. Um, Why burlesque? For me, burlesque was essentially the perfect mixture of all the things that I ended up loving about creating and art. I think it was always in the back of my world Mm. or in the forefront of my world in some ways. Um, From about the age of 18, I worked at a beautiful shop called Burlesque Baby on Wellington Street. Yeah. Um, And at that point, I think I just never felt like I fit into that mould that my idea of burlesque was. What was that? Uh, I guess like the Dita Von Tees. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The skinny, the perfectly poised, white Mm. (laughs) kind of mould that I saw. Um, It was also around the same time that Burlesque the Movie came out with Mm. Christina Aguilera. Yeah. So my experience in that store was selling people their idea of burlesque, which yeah. was Christina Aguilera or Cher, the sparkly, <laughs> chill, tutus, yeah, you know, totally. all that kind of jazz. Um, but I guess it also wasn't until 
I started to gain a little bit more confidence in myself and felt that, you know what, I am strong, I am capable, I can do these things. I've got years of dance experience that uh, it was during the pandemic that I was like, you know what, it's time, I'm going to do some classes just for like something to do, get some movement going Um, and decided then and there, I was like, okay, we're doing this. We we are doing this. (laughs) Was it a really quick jump from classes into performing and then into producing like straight away for you? Yeah, it all happened within my first um, six to eight months of starting burlesque. Yeah, wow. Um, I definitely attribute it a lot to like getting a lot of information from um, Betty Bombshell Mm. who guided me through a lot of my first like (laughs) uh, shows and um, courses, that kind of thing. Um, But I think once I started um, doing classes and like, you know, meeting people and getting that like validation that like I was on the right track with my creative ideas – then I was just like, I'm going to do whatever I can to get onto that stage to do a solo and then I'm going to do whatever I can to get on stage to do a c- Apprentice and then I'm going to do whatever I can to do this. And Yeah, it'll just kind of like easily snowballed into the next thing. Mm. And so for you, finding your character, as like I'm sure people know who, lis- who are listening to this, if they don't know, I'm going to tell them right now. You're also an incredible makeup artist. So was creating your character something that you sort of found quite easy to paint and create immediately or was there still like a discovery phase for that? Definitely still a discovery uh, phase. I practiced a lot of my stage makeup and um, trying to find what felt good in terms of like putting a character out there or like a group number or something. Mm. And it was always, it, it did feel a little bit too much in terms yeah. of like <laughs> matching up to the routine, matching up to what other people were doing. Has a lot of influence from drag and um, drag makeup. Yeah. Um, and then when I was, you know, figuring out my first solo, the makeup was one of the first things that I like thought about and mm. wanted to design it around. Um, and that happened for like my first two solo acts that the makeup was something that um, is going to be driving home, like how I'm going to enter into that character space. Mm. So I did um, like a demon character for my first act, which was like really kind of dark and insect-like and (laughs) alien-like. And then the next one from there was a a, um, nudie bronc, (laughs) sea slug. A sea slug, I love it. I was like, who's doing sea slug burlesque? Let's do this. (laughs) Brand new category (laughs) created. And again, that makeup was like very alien, very like insect-like as well. So definitely wanted my face to be the thing that like drew me into the character and got me to where I needed to be. And in a performance space, it's really important to have like, especially as you're beginning, that's something that can like anchor you to, well, I'm really good at this. So I can nail this and then I'll just branch off from that point. Yeah. Um. So for you, obviously, Busty, uh, why burlesque for you and like what brought you into this incredible space with Tangerine? Well, the short answer is... I don't want the short answer. Okay. (laughs) It's a podcast. (laughs) um, Well, I felt a sense of home is is the quickest way to say it. But there's so many layers to Mm. that. There's there's the queerness and then there's the, the humanness. I suppose. And I talk about it. We were doing it the other day and I like my whole body gets tingles. Like I, that felt sense of home is that being on the path that I probably would have taken had other people's shit not impacted on me growing up. Okay. Yeah. So, but I was, I I did think about this question because I have listened to your (laughs) podcast before. (laughs) And um, so when I debuted, which was the same year as Tanji, like our paths kind of I think we're Mm. always going to intersect in some way. Mm. I was on stage 
And I had this out-of-body moment that felt so familiar and it was like a flashback to when I was probably about three or four and I was on stage. It was real. This really happened. I was on stage and um, my my parents were like quintessential Australians at that time Mm. in the 80s. Um, she was a barmaid, which is what they were called in those days. <laughs> and he was a bouncer and I was there, um, because they would take me to Starfies, um, which is where yeah. they all hang out and have drinks. Um, I'm assuming before, but maybe it was really early in the morning. I don't know, but I was on stage <laughs> anyway, and I was singing and dancing and performing for them. Wow. And, um, anyway, fast forward to 2020, I'm on stage and I had that memory and it was the first time that I'd ever performed as an adult and the first time that I'd ever tapped into that part of me as an adult and not be drunk. It was actually really important to Mm. me to not drink. I've got Mm. a little bit more balance now but that's classic me. I'll go from one extreme to another. Um, But, yeah, I was sober, totally just fully present Mm. and I was like, I'm home. This is where I'm meant to be. That's lovely. So. That's so lovely. And um, so that memory of from when you were three years old, that's obviously like a positive experience for you at that time that you were linking back into. Yeah, one of the few. Yeah. And it was that realisation of like, yeah, I I maybe don't have a lot of um, like technique, um, but what I do have is, my soul is an artist. Mm. I know that now yeah. in my own way, you know, like, and that's what I think coming back to the context of burlesque, it's why it's so beautiful is mm. because it's so subjective. Yeah. And I really love that. I love that for me. I love that for us. And, and I really love that one of the things that came out of the pandemic from my perception is that we got this like little burly kind of bubble yeah and I rode that (laughs) I rode that hard with the idea of creating basement yeah amazing um so with the the gap in between like doing these performances as a child and then like getting to come back to it as an adult there were no obviously you were saying that there were just no moments that you reintroduced yourself to a stage at all or Um, no I did yeah I did yeah I um I did ballroom dancing Oh, amazing. Um, And I loved it. What I didn't love was all the critique and the pressure. What's your form? Smile. And I'm not, I like, I I remember that that going back to that debut as Busty Bubbles and I was backstage and someone said to me, like another performer, you know, you don't don't have to take it so serious. It's just meant to be fun. And my, like my internal response to that, I didn't say it was for me being serious about this art is fun. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, like that's, anyway, yeah, so my face was always like in the zone Mm. and they had huge issues with that. Like you had to have that fixed smile and be painted like a very scary doll. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so I did do that. I did my medals um, to bronze. Oh yeah. And then I quit, um, I think because of the pressure as Mm. well as I started to just maybe, um, grow out of it a little. And then I did modeling for a while. Um, but that intersected with, um, becoming a teenager and Mm. I was just too cool. 
Too cool for it. Yeah, yeah got I, sidetracked. Yeah. Tanj, I saw you giggling at the some of the dancing um, stuff and you yeah. mentioned earlier that you are obviously trained in dance as well. Can you tell us a bit about your dance experience? Yeah, um, basically me and my two sisters, um, we started dance from the age of four um, and we pretty much continued that all up and but all together, all up until the age of like 12, 13 um, and yeah, so, like, having that, like, I guess, um, consistency of, like, that being a constant um, source of, I don't know, focus in, in my life mm. as, a, as a child um, really kind of, like, I guess cemented dance or, like, stage, being on stage as, like, something that I knew was, like, something I enjoyed doing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it all that time. <laughs> <laughs> but not in the context of, um, of like, the competitive dance world for either of you. Oh, yeah. Not really. I never did um, competitions at all, like, grading and stuff oh, good. in dance. Like, I, I did maybe do, like, one or two um, grading things when I was really young that I can remember, but I never enjoyed it. So mm. I never continued with it. Um, and then... Once I left that dance school, I um, continued my dancing into high school and then did that with ATAR and um, was really like, I don't know, I found like a leadership role, I guess, in my dance school, like mm. my, in my school, high school, um, and took the, you know, the dance teams to like uh, performing arts for like <laughs> Cat Christian dance, like oh festivals God. and stuff. <laughs> Love um, And yeah, then after high school, I... Decided to not continue with dance because, again, I didn't really feel like mm. there was a place for my kind of body. Um, and I went into theatre instead. So I did a theatre degree, having not done theatre at all. <laughs> well, at, um, at the big old institution or somewhere else? I did it at Murdoch Uni, awesome. which was actually really good because they, I guess they weren't as focused on being like super professional and like <laughs> industry ready. Yeah. But it gave me a chance to try out so many things. Mm. Um, so they're course was definitely um, structured in a way that you could try out lots of different production roles and um, cool. yeah do whatever you kind of felt you were like passionate about and in that I was able to discover my love of costuming and makeup mm. um, I did a little bit of sound design like lighting design and stuff um, stage managing as well and I found like another community of people that were just so fun to be around and made those backstage moments like the most fun that I would ever have had in my uni experience. It's awesome. Yeah. And obviously backstage moments are like something that you two create together now, which yeah. is really cool through Basement. Um, you mentioned a little earlier, Busty, about like how your path sort of interwove a little bit. You definitely were, were not running on parallel lines. Can you tell us a little bit about how you first got to meet and like sort of what sparked Basement? To answer the first question, I think we got our first paid gig together. Um, <laughs> Betty Bombshell gave us our first opportunity yet. Yeah, that yeah, new kids like on the block. The first new kids yeah. on the block on my birthday. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's when I first met Tanji and I, I was just really, um, I really resonated with the quietness that mm. that she has, but also that um, that introverted, extroverted. That's very much. I've that's very much how I identify. And I remember going up to them at, at the end of the show and saying, "I didn't realize because I've always felt like on the outer, regardless of what mm. kind of yep. community or group." And I did. I was feeling like that within the burlesque community as well. For, for many reasons. And then when I met Tanji, I was like, I didn't realise there were other people like me that were 
extroverted but also really quite internal mm. as well. So that that was the first imprint. And then in terms of basement, that was very much um, started um, with a very personal agenda that I was in my 40s and I had shit to do. Right. We love that. Yeah. Um, Very much a pattern in my life. (laughs) I make a decision and I just go for it. Um, I had been offered to do a show at a a local pub um, that we ended up doing basement from to start with. Swam Hotel. (laughs) I um, got introduced to the owner and did many drunken dances on their stage. (laughs) And he's like, you should you know, put on a show, um, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I should probably get a paid gig first uh, or even <laughs> debut as as a solo performer yeah. first. So I did those um, things and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to take you up on that. Mm. And um, I approached Ida Ocean first, um, had a very similar kind of imprint with her the mm. first time I met her of just really kind of vibing with her and then – Fast forward, Tandy and I were doing a, a group class together through Sugar Blue Burlesque mm. and um, I invited Tanji. It was so quick. Yeah. And then um, Ida um, approached Ebenezer and um, that became Basement Burlesque Presents for the Wonderful. first year or so. Yeah. Husty's cool. definitely the mom of the group. <laughs> it wouldn't have existed without her. So. Yeah, I think like what Busty said um, in terms of us meeting – um, just acknowledging each other backstage. Like I, I tend to mm. get into a very um, introverted mind space before a show because yeah. I find I need to really monitor my energy levels yes, and like totally. my yep. frame of mind because I get quite stressed out if um, things aren't running as smoothly as I hoped. Yep. <laughs> um, so I guess like during that show being like a moral support for each other um, was also like – yeah, really important because, you know, you, you want to respect someone's space but you also want to, like, make sure you're not bringing the vibe of the backstage down or like that. <laughs> um, I can fully appreciate that. So yeah. I, I often call myself um, an introvert who's paid to be an extrovert. Yeah. Um, oh, so my I can, God. <laughs> Highly yes. relatable. Yeah, so they totally understand where you're both coming from. But can you just sort of explain maybe to our listeners what it is to, like, have to switch on and then – force yourself to switch back off again because otherwise you can sort of run on adrenaline for days mm. and then just crash for a month if you're not careful yes. without that. Yeah, um, definitely. Well, for me personally, I that's busty. Yeah. And I think that through like it's part of the process, part mm. of the journey that's still happening, but I am noticing more and more that um, Nicole, my muggle name, <laughs> and busty are actually really slowly starting to to come together as as Ah. one human um but that's not what it was like for that first year Mm. I'd I'd barely sleep there's no way that I could do two shows in a like in a week yeah because I I wouldn't be able to sleep after performing Mm. yeah I think um for me I tend to get into like a very isolated space where Mm. I need to push myself to like I don't know, need want to see my friends or not want to see my friends, but like push myself to reach out to my friends and family mm. um, and be in like a social kind of mindset. So if I don't have something planned like in, in advance, like it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I feel that, yeah. So I, I really, I was feeling like I needed a, a space to like naturally meet people mm. um, and just have that sense of community and friendship, like where I guess I didn't have to 
try as hard to like make those plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so doing classes was a really good thing yeah. for me because I was like meeting new people and people that I had met before through um, other friends and yeah, um, being able to like push yourself to come out of your comfort zone and allow people to like kind of see your process at the same mm. time of like, yep. oh, look, this is how they get ready for a show and it's really interesting that they um, take the, they go to these places to source materials and stuff and I just find it, that's how I connect with people. That's yeah. how I find it so interesting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so being backstage and I guess being physically ready for a show takes a little bit more time because yeah. coming from a bit of a dancey background and like need to stretch and I need to um, warm up and all that kind of stuff mm. and I ended up just like making my energy levels really low right before I'm about to go on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's very that. I mean we can talk uh, we talk about um, something you both mentioned then the idea of being like having to almost force yourself to participate in social interactions which can make people think that it's like quite a chore to do it. It's like but no you want to yeah. I want to do it. It's just like to actively switch my brain into that mode. I need to plan it for like four weeks away. Exactly. And go like circle it with a big red marker on like an <laughs> invisible calendar mm. and then make myself show up and then I'm gonna have a great time. <laughs> yeah obviously like we're passionate about it and like obviously, so many people yeah. are like um but I think you probably find that's a pretty common thing for mm. people like you know um getting ready for something where you know you have to be on stage like quite literally <laughs> put yourself out there to <laughs> 100 of people 100 people or more um it takes a lot like mm. it, or it can take a lot mm. um yeah how we get there is up to us but essentially, like, it's different for everybody. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I experience um, something that I've named exhausted. Mm. It's where the anxiety, like, that wouldn't work for me having it on the calendar as a as a motivator. Yeah. Like, I'd have to have all these other things in place to to kind of manage my, my energy and my anxiety and stuff like that yeah, fair. Um, to be able to do it. And I really identify with that um, then not having to try so hard to connect. And I think that's where I was coming from when I wanted to, to start Basement is that that sense of a ticking clock of, okay, I've just debuted and I'm in my 40s. Mm. And um, also as, as, a, as a queer person, I came out really late as well. I was 34 and I just didn't have time to really, I suppose, do it the traditional way of doing your time and working your way up from being a yeah. stagehand or a kitten. And I, I'm just being honest. Oh, I just didn't so feel like I had that sense of time. So um, I wanted to carve out a sustainable little nook for Busty in the mm. community and I... I, I, I that was my agenda at the start and basement now is a, a living breathing being in its own right mm -hmm. it, it's become way more than what my initial kind of seed it's so, that's was. so I'm really like thank you so much for saying that because I think it's important that like sometimes when we look at our scene we we often go like okay but they've got to put in x amount of dues to get to this point here and that's not necessarily the case like people who put in the work over whatever time frame is relevant to them and their artistry still yeah. makes them entirely valid. Mm -hmm. um, and it's with all of that incredible energy um, from both of you that we dive into Basement Burlesque and their incredible Fringe 23, 2023 production as soon as we get back from break. Queer. 
far, wherever you are, your perfect late night offering of glamorously gay song is here. In a Fringe World premiere event, the Queer Piano Bar is here to delight and captivate in a genre-blending masterclass of song, accompanied by premier Perth piano talent Gavin Nicolette. For four nights only this February, you can get your tickets through the Fringe World app or website. Sing the night away with a glamorous lineup of award-winning and critically acclaimed vocal talent from the best the festival has to offer. And we're back. I'm still joined by Busty and Tangerina. Before we went to break, I teased that we're going to dive straight into your incredible 2023 production. So basically, without too much more of me talking, tell me everything about it that brought you to this point of this awesome show. Yeah. Morphosis um, initially came about as a way of us, I guess, re-emerging as basement productions. Mm -hmm. Um, We took a little break. Um, earlier this year and wanted to come back with a bit of a bang. Mm. Mm. So we've got a new concept, new cast, same family location of Connections Nightclub. <laughs> yeah, um, but just doing it different. Yeah. It's it's definitely been a different way of producing shows. Like the only way we were able to do eight shows in a year mm. was because we were sticking well, I suppose it was a skeletal framework of a variety show. We we wanted to do it our own way and do it yep. in a different way and I think we we stayed true with that with blending artists in general but also specifically burlesque and drag artists. Um, but, yeah, this is still that but we we have a theme of that evolution that was very much on point for, for Basement moving forward, yeah. Pro- producing is such a weird thing because it's not like you can do – a course in it and then suddenly understand all the nuances to producing because even if you were to study um, production, you wouldn't actually know how you deal with people in your own industry and how Mm. you deal with venues in your industry and everything is so incredibly different that I think it's really good to go like, you know what, this is what I've learnt, this is how I'm growing and like it's good not to just like scrap the whole name and then pretend Mm. that it never happened and go like, oh, I've got a new project Mm. and I'm starting again but I don't want you to ever acknowledge my old project. I think it's really important to be like, that was us. This is us. They're yeah. the same. We we're bigger and better and more awesome. Well, exactly. Made us feel sad. Yeah, and thinking we didn't about want to discount not, all the yeah. work that went mm. into it. We wouldn't be sitting here without the hard work that the other two, um, Ida and Ebenezer, put in as well. Totally. We just chose to to go a different direction mm. moving forward, and yeah, it's. It's exciting. It's really exciting. And the stuff around production for me personally, it comes pretty easy because I have a background in mental health, social work and trauma mm. counselling. So all of the people stuff, that that stuff, it's that's not hard work for me because it's like my benchmark is are you dying? Do you need me <laughs> to help keep you alive and yeah. safe? No, yes. you just need some tape or some scissors yeah. or negotiating dates. Yes, Busty <laughs> is so good at dealing with all the people. <laughs> all I do is come in and be like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Nah, that'll, go, that'll look good on stage. Yeah, that, yeah let's do no, that. No, no, don't talk about that. You'll get your cut lowered. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's not what we want. That's not it at all. I've got to love that. That though, going into space and be like, are you dying? No, awesome. You can be dealt with later. <laughs> I, I pack um, a spray that has lavender essential oils and other stuff and and, and th- I definitely use that because even mm. though, yes, technically people aren't dying, doesn't mean that they don't have real fear mm. um, because of all the stuff 
that makes us us or the stories we bring into us in that space that, like Tanji said, you know, everyone has different processes backstage mm. that helps them get into the zone, which segue is super on point with what Morphosis <laughs> is about and that point of difference of, okay, specifically with Fringe 2023, like shit's about to get real. We're opened up to the world now. Mm, Um, We had our own little special debut bubble last year (laughs) um, where it was just perf. Um, And so we we definitely brainstormed what's a point of difference Mm. for us so that people go, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Mm. I think um, we wanted to stay true to our theme around or like our, I don't know, I guess our... Our core, which is the basement and that being like dark and dingy and almost like otherworldly. All those like kind of motifs Mm. of like someone stepping into an underground bar and like not Mm. knowing what they're stepping into. Yeah, like the stickiness on the carpet. (laughs) That's so my vibe. And that's Don't call out Lucy's love shack like that. (laughs) What? No, we'd never. Exactly. Um, I kind of love the um, imagery of the basement too because it's often like if you have a basement, anyone who's a millennial like me or younger, we don't own basements. Um, we couldn't afford it. No. <laughs> Not a can't, can't get yeah. it. But we, we know the idea of a basement from the television. <laughs> <laughs> um, the basement's often where, like, a lot of the good stuff is kept too, a lot of the stuff that is, like, you know, maybe the pool table's down there or maybe that's where, like, the game station is set up or, like, the things that you find exciting, that's mm. where you keep them because they're only, like, a sometimes food and they yeah, live down there. Exactly. <laughs> The freaks. <laughs> That's where the freaks live. Yeah. The, the stuff that the used to have, you know, the light shone on it mm. that for for whatever reason isn't isn't their reality anymore. That's very on point yeah. with what basement I suppose what our, our aim is with every show. Not saying we, you know, we do it perfect every time but we definitely are always wanting to to do our best and and super open to to getting feedback we did a community um feedback request before we relaunched Mm. as basement productions because we give a shit about what our community um wants and and feels like they need um what we're doing really well love verbal bouquets but also you know what what can we do different Mm. and we got some really solid feedback which to be honest, was kind of resonating with where we knew we had gaps, mm, yeah. which was reassuring. Yeah, and with these incredible core values that you've gathered between yourselves and also from the community, um, how are you translating that into a show like Morphosis? Mm, so Morphosis is going to be themed around the idea of, um, I guess, breaking the fourth wall mm. in terms of the that performer-audience relationship. Yeah. Um, and what we're doing is we're trying to allow the audience a small glimpse or a, a kind of view into what it takes to become a character on stage. Because yeah. as we were saying before, sometimes it can take a fucking lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which we've been discovering is like a very different person to person with our amazing cast. Um, but essentially it's something that helps you get into this frame of mind in this this space that you need to be in order to create something that you're, I guess, like not proud of, but like something that you're um, wanting to present as you to the world. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be presented in a really cool way. We've got an amazing MC who's going to act like almost like a Willy Wonka kind of guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, who's got lots of experience in Fringe World and production and acting. Her name is Emma. Ooh. 
um, who is quite new to the burlesque scene, had not been in it. So that's also really exciting yeah. to bring someone nobody knows about. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, and we have uh, also an amazing cast of delinquents and gremlins, <laughs> as we like to call them. We have Miss Foria, Malika Moon, Blake Cassette, Portia, um, Oh yeah, okay. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> pull out the list. Pull out the list. Obviously, Busty Bubbles oh, and yeah. Tangerine <laughs> and um, Maven and Maven yeah. and Dandy McGee. Dandy McGee, the MC. Yeah. Um, and we will be in the safe, beautiful hands of So Delicious as our stage manager. So Tangerine and I can just be fully present for for the crew um, and ourselves because it's. Yeah, very different to anything we've done before. There's mm. there's some, you know, we want to tell a story and there's lots of weaving um, to be able to do that and we've been inspired. Like we had this idea of Morphosis that definitely was informed by our own internal processes within Basement but as we've gone down this path, it, it's not a brand new concept, no. <laughs> you know, but yeah, um, in fair. terms of like the... in morphosis in an art context there's a lot of stuff that suggests that you know there's a belief that human beings don't morphosize mm. um but we're we're actually using this as a space to go well yeah we do and it's a conscious process and we want to 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 give our guests which is what we call our audience our guests um an opportunity to witness that that process we're consensually sharing with them a little insight some of it will be, um, you know, super raw and vulnerable, mm-hmm. what that process looks like. Some mm. will be a bit more of a parody. Some will be like, you know, politically personal. It's just, mm. yeah, it's it's really uh, we're giving the artists their discretion. It's up to us to be able to create that into mm. a show, a we've, fully formed um, show. Yeah, we've called them, I guess these little glimpses, we've called them vignettes. Mm. And it's almost like in my mind this like perfect little um, – vision of like someone peeping into a peephole with like the shadows <laughs> coming around from the sides. Yeah. I love um, that, a peephole into yeah. the basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to see what our cast is going to be bringing forward for that because it's not going to only going to be that, mm. it's going to be um, the the end product, so yeah. their, their act, yeah, their, the their performance as well. Which I think will make that... Um, make that act really even stronger. Mm, really interesting. So I think, um, Busty, you touched on it a little bit before about how your outside person is like starting to meld with Busty more and more every day, mm-hmm. which seems like it's quite a strong thing that's resonating in this upcoming show is like allowing artists to tap into the person they are out of drag or out of the burlesque character, which is incredibly interesting. Mm. Oh, thank you. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I banked a bit of money on that. <laughs> we'll have sixty minutes to give it a good old go. <laughs> you think of the um, you know the Madonna Justin Timberlake song where it's like you only got four minutes, but oh. it's like sixty minutes. Yeah. Exactly, and even that's a challenge because we've never done a show that short. Yeah. We we yeah. even last Fringe we did one hundred and twenty minutes because <laughs> we were in Freo. No one cared. <laughs> so this is there's a lot of challenges in this for yeah. for Tanji. And I and mm. the crew, mm. you know, but um, yeah, we we believe in it. I'd say bite sized delight, <laughs> bite sized exactly. for a whole hour, yeah, a whole hour. Yeah, that's, that's short for us, okay. They might be picking up the chairs as we're finishing the last act. We'll see. <laughs> Come and buy a ticket and find yeah. out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, on that incredible note, tell everybody where they can find all of the information. 
Yes. Pause for a second. Um, Look it well, up. Well, <laughs> the best place to go to would be um, on Instagram. That's. Yep. I mean, we have Facebook, but it's probably it always comes from <laughs> Instagram. I know. I <laughs> that information. I, I love that's that. technology. <laughs> it's linked. I always love that. Um, where it's like, well, I have a Facebook. <laughs> have to I think. For all of our family members that don't have Instagram. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah so we did change it but I'm fairly certain it's at at basement productions then underscore au. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to check? Because if you're wrong I'll cut it. Okay. I feel pretty confident (laughs) about that. Um, (laughs) The other most reliable source of that would be Fringe World. Yes. So head on to fringeworld.com.au. Yeah and you're at Connections Nightclubs. What are the dates? The 20th and 21st yeah. <laughs> and um, we are at 7.30. Yes. Oh, yeah. good time But if you just slot. search in the Fringe app, Basement or Morphosis, then you'll find yeah, us. Yeah, you, you want to spell Morphosis for me? <laughs> oh, yes. M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S. Oh, I was just shitting. That's amazing. Great. Oh, you did it. Good yeah. job. The other best way that you can find it is if you're listening to this podcast right now, just scroll down into the show notes. You'll find all of the links right in front of your perfect little eyes. What about individually social media handles and stuff, which I'll, again, put in the show notes? Oh, you can find me um, uh, if you search Tangerine Scream on Instagram. I'm the only one, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me where the underscores are placed because I can't remember. I show think notes. it's in between Tangerine oh, yeah. <laughs> and Scream. Tangerine underscore Scream with a double sense. M. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and if you're interested in my makeup page, it's Leah Toyn underscore makeup artist. Spell the surname, please. Oh, yes. Uh, T-O-Y-N-E. Great. I didn't realise this was going to be a spelling bee. It's kind <laughs> of like I'm getting into it's it. It's just for me. I've got like quite heavy dyslexia. So if you don't like Same. literally spell it out for me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I like just, I would have put in like Rowan or some crap and been like, oh, why can't I find you? Which is insane because I already follow you. So that was... <laughs> What about yourself, Busty? Well, I'm not the only Busty. So always make sure that you uh, it's it, you put at Busty Bubbles full because there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> Newsflash, other people also have tits. Yeah. yeah. And enjoy bubbles. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I am the only Busty Bubbles. Fantastic. Again, I mean, I don't know why I go through all, I go through all of that just to tell people to scroll down and click on the links anyway. <laughs> um, it's always lots of fun. Uh, before we wrap up, did you have anything in your notes that I did not touch on? Like how Tanji said, like that that switching uh, from um, you know your your um, your daily self or your muggle mm. self. Um, one of the words that I came across in my research was disidentify, and Whoa. I love that. That's a fun word. Yeah, mm. found some really fun words <laughs> that were all in the context of um, yeah our theme and burlesque and drag and mm. queer performing and it's, yeah, it's super an interesting exciting. one though too because you've got to like find this balance between like those juicy words that like artists we we love because they're like part of the process it's like word porn yeah but you that. can't write your copy based on that because then like people will go what wank and just like just totally like log off in their mind and not want to go yeah, yeah. we're all about coming from opera accessible. I'm like no nah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all of those wanky words you've just got to throw away yeah and and we actually got help with that copy to mm. be fair mm. um Colin you, you, yes yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah big my copy. Yeah. <laughs> shout out yes. to Colin he mm. I think he, he helped a lot of us um this year for Fringe and mm. yeah definitely 
being succinct is is a challenge for me. I'm getting better at it, but um, yeah, he when he sent it back to us, I was like, I think you forgot the second page. I'm like looking <laughs> underneath; it was like all on this one page. He's like, yeah, because people don't actually want to scroll down. They don't want to do it. Like that's no. just it. Yeah. They want to read something while they pee, and then that's it. Yeah, I don't care about. They don't though. Don't, don't take your phone into the bathroom. Oh, so PSA: Don't take your phone into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So many germs. I've never done that before in my life. I would never. That's not where I watch reels. That's not where I watch reels. How dare you? With the sound off, so everyone please caption your reels. (laughs) That's so true. Or me captioning everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, I don't know what that was, but. Just a general PSA. Just a general PSA yeah, just, at yeah. the end of the looking episode. out for people. Really, <laughs> <laughs> go see uh, Basement um, Productions and their incredible new show, Morphosis. Um, I need to say it like that, or I'm going to say it wrong. Or you can say Morphosis. <laughs> Morphosis. Oh, that mm. makes it fancy. Morphosis. Morphosis. Go see Morphosis. Which, of course, you can get tickets on the Fringe World website or app. And as always, if you like this podcast, you can like us on social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, or send us a question to waexposepod at gmail.com and we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you, Tangerine and Busty, for joining me today. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having pleasure. Us. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Oh, here it is. Oh, oh. Did you not say <laughs> Are you okay? Or was Chaos <laughs> Okay, you told me to move it closer. <laughs> okay. This is my fault. Yep. I will be sued now. <laughs> fairly, fairly. We'll just start that whole it's thing. This phallic thing for for a gay woman that's right? that's not not normally in my wheelhouse anymore. <laughs> Stay away from me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.